Jack Scaggins, would you join me for just a few moments from my heart to yours? My dad was a quiet man. I know he had his faults, but to this day I choose not to remember them. Since I was the last sibling in our country home, I was with him from morning breakfast till bedtime. We worked on the farm, did the chores, and hunted together. My world was small, mainly wrapped around him. I never called him by his first name. I was barely 22 years old when it happened to me. We'd been married a bit over two years and lived in Memphis, Tennessee, where I attended Memphis State as a civil engineer student. It happened at the Baptist Hospital. My wife had been in labor for 12 hours through the night. And as the sun rose on the morning of August 17, 1964, I'd left the waiting area. Back then, the husband wasn't allowed into the delivery room. And I stepped across the street to a huddle house to get a coffee. When I returned to the hospital lobby, a nurse met me and directed me to the doors of the delivery room. A doctor handed me a pink card and said, Congratulations, you are a dad of a baby boy. I recall attempting to correct him, noting it had to be a girl since the card was a pink card. I remember he laughed and said, We ran out of blue cards, but trust me, you have a son. I was a dad. That morning, August 17, 1964, life changed for me. I'd spend the rest of my life trying to comprehend the magnitude of that moment. Amazing, wonderful, and yes, even frightening. I was a dad. Later, God blessed our home with three more babies. One's in heaven, and those babies now have babies of their own. After all these years, it's still the most satisfying feeling to be called a dad. I'll openly admit I didn't have an inkling of what was in store for my wife and me that morning as I stood in a hospital corridor with a pink card in my hand. Certainly that day was the last time I had all the answers on child rearing. We spent the first few years of their lives teaching them to walk and to talk, and the next uh, dozen or so telling them to sit down and be quiet. I found they would seldom misquote me. In fact, they usually repeated word for word to others what I shouldn't have said. They had the fortune or misfortune of being born into a pastor's home, and they lived their lives in a fishbowl, always under scrutiny. Countless times they heard the words, Remember who you are and whose you are. We survived the evolution of fingers in the food uh, to utensils, skinned knees, and hurt feelings, and some discipline sessions that hurt my heart more than their anatomy. Messy rooms and Christmas mornings and ball games shuttle services and homework and birthdays, lots and lots and lots of birthdays. Then we awoke one morning and they were gone, and we found ourselves looking through photo albums and, and reminiscing. The house is a lot quieter now, and the bank account looks a bit better, and I wonder, did I do a good job? Did I pass the test? Did I measure up to all that was needed each time I was called dad? Fatherhood has to be the greatest privilege and the greatest responsibility since God reveals himself in that character and relationship. The only thing any of us can take to heaven with us is our children, not our bank account, real estate, earthly possessions. The psalmist stated it like this, children are an heritage of the Lord. In short, my children were given to me as my greatest stewardship. 
to pass on a godly heritage will have eternal ramifications for generations to come. We have the remarkable privilege to be co-laborers with God. The two big words in any dad's vocabulary must be nurture and admonition. To nurture, to feed spiritually, create godly appetites, to admonish, to direct, and discipline, to guide in right paths. I've heard it said that babies do not come with instruction manuals. That's an erroneous statement. Each dad who studies his Bible will find ample teaching from its pages on parenting and child rearing. It starts when we dedicate our children to the Lord. Prior to that, we as parents must dedicate ourselves to Him, remembering much more is caught than is ever taught. Children will do in excess what parents do in moderation. Unconditional love is necessary since mistakes will be made, but the wise dad will always lead by example. Being a dad is by far and without doubt the most important task God has given to any man. Its powers to imprint are immeasurable. No title holds greater responsibility or can produce greater blessings. To succeed at all the rest and fail in it is unthinkable. My dad went to heaven October the 5th, 1993. Though he has been gone a long time, I still to this date feel him in my mannerisms and always in my memories. Our West Tennessee farm was 60 miles north of Memphis and 40 miles east of the Mississippi River. It was in an area often called Tornado Alley because of the storms that occurred there. I remember as a small boy being scooped from my bed one stormy night, my head covered with a quilt. I recall his footsteps on the old linoleum floor, the back door porch screen door creaking open, then slamming shut. I remember the flashing of the lightnings, and my heart pressed so tightly against his chest I could hear his heart beat as he walked across our backyard to the old storm cellar. In the midst of the storm that night, I remember feeling safe. Then my children are grown now, and uh, I trust they often remember my heartbeat as I held them tightly to myself in life's storms. Yes, it's a small word, only three letters, but oh, how big it can be to be called Dad. This is Jack Scaggins. I want to thank you for allowing me the opportunity today to share just a few moments from my heart to yours.